Welcome back to the One Two Kentucky Blue Podcast. I'm your host, Coach John Spurlock. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Today, I have the man, the myth, the legend, the head strength and conditioning coach for our men's basketball team here at Kentucky, Coach Rob Harris. Rob, what's cracking? Man, nothing much. Nothing much. How you doing today? I'm glad to be here with you. And you know, if for a legend to call someone else a legend, you know, that means a lot. It's kind of like when Michael Jordan took over the NBA from Magic and Bird. <laughs> That's why I like talking to you. You always boost my self-confidence. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I have to. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you're somebody. Obviously, you are the head strength coach for our men's basketball team, working out of the Joe Craft weight room. The two sports that I oversee, volleyball and women's basketball, work out of the same weight room. So you and I Mm -hmm. usually see each other on a daily basis, and that has not been the case for the past eight weeks. So uh, we have not talked much since this whole deal has shaken down. So it's good to have you on the line, and I'm I'm glad that you agreed to be on the podcast. Yeah, for sure. I was was definitely honored to, you know, be on here and share this platform with you for sure. Awesome. First thing I want to talk with you about is just your path as a strength coach. you're originally from Louisville. Uh, you're a Kentucky mm-hmm. kid. You got your undergrad at Kentucky State, correct? Yes, sir. What was your degree in? My degree was in physical education with a minor in athletic coaching. Gotcha. And then where did you get your master's degree? I got my master's from Eastern Kentucky uh, with a sports administration degree. Gotcha. And then so when was your first experience as a strength coach? Was it when you were an undergrad or was it after you got your master's? How did that all shake down? So my first experience um, was in undergrad. It was kind of the last part of my undergraduate career. I was done playing football. um, And so, you know, I wanted to start kind of get a jump on things. And I went to reached out to Mark Hill and Mark Hill, he had an assistant named Chad Huskell at the time here at the University of Kentucky. And so I volunteered with those guys. That was in 2009 or 2008, one of the two, I can't remember. It was 2009. Yep. It was 2009. I volunteered. I was cleaning shakes and stocking shakes, uh, mopping the weight room floor for him at four, five, six in the morning, trying to help out change and weights for the guys and, you know, filing papers and things like that. So that was my my first experience. I got it right as soon as my undergrad degree was finishing up. Gotcha. And so after you did your internship at UK, what what was your path after that? Where did that lead you? Yeah, so after UK, man, my story is kind of, it's definitely different and unique. you know, I was already married with one child at the time, and then my wife was pregnant with our second child while I was getting my master's from Eastern Kentucky. And at that point, I was actually working for the Department of Revenue in Frankfurt. And so um came home one day and said, you know what, <clears throat> we are going to 
quit our jobs. She worked at the University of Kentucky in a department uh, as well. I forgot what she did. I mean, not the University of Kentucky, Kentucky State University. And then I told her we were going to quit our jobs and I'm going to go to Columbus, Ohio, take an internship. And, you know, I'm just going to work for free and then see what happens. And the cool thing with her is she never was like, what? That doesn't make any sense, which theoretically it doesn't make any sense. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) In the responsibility standpoint, that makes absolutely no sense. But um, she agreed. All right. She actually moved about three months ahead of me while I was finishing up um, my master's classes and working for the state. And then, um, Ended up working for Ohio State for a year. I worked with the football team there. That was, uh, I want to say it was Jim Trestle's last season um, before all the tattoo things happened. So I worked there for a year, and then I also helped out with the Olympic sports side as well. So I was doing football and Olympic sports. So I was really, really, really busy um, as an intern along with you know, working little side jobs like customer service or telemarketing type of things. And then um, I met Chip Morton at the NSCA Ohio State Clinic. And Chip Morton, he is, or he was the head strength and conditioning coach for the Cincinnati Bengals. And he it was actually during the lockout. So it was, it's like perfect timing. It was during the lockout of the NFL. So they didn't know when they were going to return back to work. And so he had to fill a um, position for his interns. And me, he and I started talking. I introduced myself. And he was like, hey, you know, make sure you give me your contact information before uh, before I leave here. So, you know, me, I'm excited. I'm like, this is the Cincinnati Bengals NFL team head strength coach asking me for my contact. So (laughs) I left the conference, called my wife. I sped home. I said, hey, I need you to print me out one of my resumes. (laughs) So she printed out a resume, drove back, sped back up to the conference, handed it to him. Next week, I'm in Cincinnati in his office and Marvin Lewis' office having an interview for that position. Ended up getting that. And worked for the Bengals for about two and a half years. And that's actually when I met Rock Oliver. Um, you know, everybody knows Rock. He's Rock is actually the man. You know, he's the real man. We're just kind of trying to fill his shoes, you know. That's, that's very true. But, <laughs> but uh, I, I met Rock Oliver, and he was actually here at Kentucky as the football strength coach. And, you know, we kind of built a relationship over the years. and he kind of was just like, you know, man, I want to, I want to bring you to Kentucky. And so I'm like, Oh, you know, that sounds great. But it, it never was able to happen because obviously, you know, he had his positions field and it just so happened that during my, during the time that I'm finishing up my internship with the Bengals, university of Arkansas, the Razorbacks football team calls. And so they called me, I spent a year and a half there. I went through one football season, and then that's when Rock called me to 
come join the basketball program here. And that was for me, done deal. Um, Arkansas even tried to offer me more money and I was just like, nope, I'm going back home. <laughs> That's kind of how I felt. Because uh, like you said, I went to Kentucky State, got my master's from Eastern Kentucky, grew up in Louisville. So I'm just, you know, a big Kentucky kid and I am ecstatic to be here where I am today. You know, it's been six years now since I've been here at Kentucky. Yeah. You know, one thing I didn't realize is I always, I knew you were with the Bengals. I thought that's where you came in contact with Rock and that's how you knew him. But I guess he had already left the Bengals and was at Kentucky being the strength coach of the football team at the time. So I just learned a lot about, a lot about Rob Harris that I didn't even know. Yeah. So Rock was, you know, he, he was, he's really close with like Marvin Lewis and the whole Bengals organization. And so, you know, when the Bengals did their training camps in Georgetown, you know, I mean, that was easy for him to come from Lexington to come and check up on everybody and stuff. So that's kind of how we met. Gotcha. Makes sense. So let's dive into um, kind of your approach with our men's basketball team. Um, One thing I always admire about you when I watch you coach in the weight room is the relationships that you build with your players. And um, one thing I know is a staple in your program is the summer. And that's when you start building mm-hmm. relationships with the incoming freshmen or the transfer transfer players that come in. And then it's also a huge time for you to build that foundation of strength for your returning players as well with the current situation that we're in kind of where's your mind at, with with all that yeah for for me now I mean it's it's like you know I've I've been scratching my head kind of what to do how to get it done but uh you know because it's not the same not being there in the physical form with the guys like building relationships through text messages and phone calls is completely different so you know like you said the summertime is a big time for me to kind of build that uh, relationship aspect of it, lay the foundation. So, you know, now I'm just in constant communication with all of our new guys that have uh, signed and then the returning players as well. Uh, but especially for our new guys, I've been putting together foundational programs. A lot of things have been for mobility and flexibility because a lot of people, you know, they don't, I mean, they see the game of basketball, but they don't know it from a training perspective. So, like, a lot of our guys are elite athletes in their field. They play basketball from the age of, you know, let's say eight, nine, ten years old. Then they're told they're going to be the greatest basketball player from the age of 12, 13 to, you know, the time they get to Kentucky, they're expected to be this NBA prospect. So all they do is play basketball. Um, Training is not necessarily a huge factor. They're constantly running, putting stress on their uh, knees, ankles, and hips. So for me, the coolest thing about this, and one of the things I'm excited about is having the guys and trying to build that trust with those guys to allow them to say, hey, you don't necessarily have to, at this point, I don't want you in the weight room as much. I want you doing these mobility exercises because your body 
pattern has been used to doing one specific thing, and that's basketball for the last 10 years. So just trying to reprogram their bodies um, mobily, you know what I mean, while I'm not there. So I've kind of created a program that I was able to send out to the guys so they can see video of how the information or how the um, exercise is done, me coaching it up through the video, but it's not like on a Zoom type of deal or a FaceTime type of deal because the NCA has shut that down, if that makes sense. Yep. Absolutely. So that's, that's awesome to hear. Uh, the other thing I always pick up some, some, uh, you know, quick tidbits from you is when I watch you train your guys during the season, um, especially mm -hmm. during like the SEC season. So you bring them in in smaller groups and they're not in the weight room for an hour, hour and a half. You get them in, they get what they need to get in. Uh, you make sure it's quality and then they're out the door and you got another group rolling in. Kind of talk with me mm -hmm. through, through your thought process with your in-season training for men's basketball. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, but like you said, when I'm, when we have the summer, we are pretty much laying that foundation. So I'm, I'm building and throwing into the pot as much as I can with their body, adding on muscle, body weight, all that sorts of things. So in season, I'm actually just trying to kind of get the body back into a good flow in the weight room. So we're not lifting heavy weights. We're not doing, um, Many exercises, like you said, we're going to be in there for about 20 to 30 minutes, and we're only going to do that about once, maybe two times a week. Um, and then during phase two, which would be kind of our month of December, we only have normally at this schedule is we'll play on Saturday in the month of December. So we have a full six days um, without any games. So during that time, we'll kind of push the envelope a little bit, kind of get some weight moving back on the bar or in, in, in their hands with dumbbells. Um, and during that time, we're going to lift around three times a week. And then they get sent home for a couple of days for uh, Christmas break. So then when they come back, that's when the conference tournament, or not conference tournament, the conference play starts. And so during that time, we're going to lift twice a week, Monday and Thursday. Uh, we're getting the meat and potatoes in. You know, we come through. The guys already know uh, what their warm-up is. So they can come in, get their warm-up, and then we're going to hit – normally we'll hit two main exercises, one upper body, one lower body, and then we'll go through a circuit of – uh, assistant exercises. So we'll do all of our pulling movements. We'll do uh, glute bridging, uh, hamstring RDL type of deals. And we'll do a lot of our core stuff and just our assistant work with band on our ankles, feet. So we'll hit that for about three sets and then we'll get in with the meat and potatoes, whether it be a squat for that day, whether it be upper body bench press, um, trap bar deadlift or shoulder press and we'll hit those for three to five sets with low reps and get them get them in and get them out one thing i know you started implementing this past season was the velocity based training with the perch unit what were your thoughts on that mm -hmm. i know you didn't get to use it a ton but 
I, I remember walking in one day and I think Nate had it on the bar for back squat. You told him to get to a number. <laughs> he got it. And then he got up all in your face. Like you, you're holding me back. You're holding me back. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, what was your yeah, initial yeah. thought? Initial thought with that piece of technology. You know, initially, um, cause you and I have talked, I'm not a big like technology or, you know, everybody's always trying to sell you a product or whatnot. And so I'm not really big in a lot of those things, but, when I kind of saw it, I looked at it and it just reminded me of that situation that you just referred to with Nate. So, you know, when a player sees it or sees a number and they see that they are either getting that number, it builds up either this self-confidence in that player. And then it also builds a competitiveness when you've got a couple of guys in the same group, you know. So say their number you want to hit is 1.1. And you've got Emmanuel quickly, he's hitting 1.1, but then you've got Ashton Hagens who's hitting 1.2. And then, you know, the guys are jawing back and forth. And so it creates this love for the weight room for the guys. You know what I'm saying? That's that's first because for me, I mean, if the guys don't love the weight room, then it's hard to get the um, benefits out of it. And then also, I mean, it really helps for me and Brad to kind of get a gauge on what's a good uh, weight for the guys when we're trying to accomplish them moving the bar fast. You know, you see a lot of uh, videos online of guys cleaning and moving these, you know, 300 and 400 pounds and all this other kind of stuff. And it's slow with bad technique and all these things. And it's not really accomplishing necessarily what you're trying to accomplish as an athlete. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, for for the perch, it's been it's been a really good addition just to kind of see the guys um, respond to it, and it allows Brad and I to either you know change a weight if we have to, if we have to take some off, uh, or if we have to add weight as well. Like you know, one of the things that has helped me with is learning that our athletes we can write a number down of what we want them to to get to on a specific exercise but depending on the time of day what that athlete's gone through from a stress level you know how maybe an injury has occurred like that tool right there you know numbers don't lie that old saying so that tool helps us to get an exact read for us to really accomplish bar speed absolutely you know, one note i wrote down right as we started talking about the perch and uh, you made the quick comment saying, you know, people are always trying to sell you stuff, especially with you mm -hmm. um, being in the position you are with the, the team that you work with and such a high profile team. And this will be a good segue into my next topic, but people need to know that Rob Harris is real. Whatever you, if you have a conversation with Rob, it's, it's going to be true and it's going to be direct. And I can remember, one time, and this is when Cam Bird was still here. Uh, I think you had a you had a guy 
<laughs> you were working out the men's basketball team and a guy was coming in and was trying to sell something and Cam was trying to divert them and eventually you just walked over and said, Hey, I'm pretty sure you're a nice person, but you got to get the hell out of here, <laughs> which is, which is one of the things I love about you. And so a few weeks ago, when I asked you to be a guest on this podcast, you let me know that you were starting your own and I'm like, so excited about that. So you have the Rob Strong podcast and I listened to the Frosty Rucker episode uh, the other day, but you know, besides just boredom, what was your, uh, what's your motivation behind getting that, that uh, platform and that podcast started? Yeah, um, I mean, man, honestly, like when you text me, I was just like, literally, how ironic is that? Because I had set up my account, I want to say, maybe two or three days before. It, it wasn't that long. And so, um, you know, for me, it's kind of like for, you know, one, two, Kentucky Blue. It gives all of us in our world like a voice and kind of you know, a behind the scenes look of what we do. And so for me, I think the biggest thing I see with working with NFL guys, um, NBA guys, even though I haven't been in the NBA, you know, I have a lot of conversations with, you know, our current NBA players or just other players that I'll meet along the way through our players. And then I get to talking to former players who are no longer in the NBA and they try to, you know, they kind of don't know what they're doing with their lives. So I just kind of wanted to kind of speak a little bit on athlete identity and, you know, who you are outside of athlete or an athlete, because when the ball starts dropping for you and your body starts to break down, you know, you have to have a backup plan. And most athletes are retired from their career, you know, at age of, let's say, 30. And so, I mean, you still have another good 40, 50, 60 years left of life. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like, what do you do with that? And the thing that I've learned and run into is that a lot of athletes, and even for myself, they kind of thrive off of, being an athlete, you thrive off the roars of the crowd. You thrive off of that competitiveness. And so, you know, you're known as an athlete. Then it's like, well, when it's all said and done, who am I really? You know what I mean? So you kind of just got to find yourself. So just getting athletes a, a different type of voice and perspective and, you know, letting people kind of on an inside look of what athletes really truly are outside of their sports like who's their toughest competition that they've come up against and just kind of you know what everybody's doing right now because as an athlete during this time you really have to be self-motivated because you don't have you know your Spurlocks or your Rob Harris's and Corey Edmonds and Mark Hills and everybody else um on our campus to push you in the weight room you know what I mean you've got to yeah. kind of get it done on your own yeah, like I said, so I, I that, listened that to was... I listened to Frosty's episode, and then you've had you've had Anthony Epps, who was obviously a basketball player at Kentucky back in the '90s. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I want to listen to Tyler's episode. Tyler Ulis, he was one of my favorite players to watch when um, he was at Kentucky. Just scrappy energy. So I'm, yeah. I'm uh, 
I'm uh, excited to listen to his episode. And who else have you had on? Alex Poitras? Yeah, Alex Poitras. Um, so we've had Frosty Rucker, Anthony Epps, Alex Poitras, Tyler Eulis, and then uh, Dominic Price. Dominic Price was actually a um, former high school teammate of mine who got a scholarship to Northwestern University, and then he did training camp with the Dallas Cowboys, and he's now a um, he's now a sports agent. Awesome. And then I've got one coming up with um, with another Kentucky great, Keenan Burton. Oh yeah, talk about his journey and um, you know from leaving UK to being with the St. Louis Rams, and so it was that that's really going to be a good one. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I'm just impressed by you. Like I've had this podcast idea for years. And I never pulled the trigger on it because I didn't even know where to start. But mm-hmm. one thing I'm always impressed by you is that you're not afraid to either put in the hard work or just take on a challenge. So, you know, it's thought of yours. You pulled the trigger. You made it happen. And um, I'm excited to hear all the episodes that are going to come out in the future. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I'm, I'm excited to have you on there as well in the episode so oh, i can talk about be being a wash i can talk up uh, talk about being a washed up athlete all day long so i don't know about that i've seen i've seen your your clean and jerk videos you still are explosive <laughs> you still get you still get it man i went for a run yesterday or it's two days ago and my knee is so jacked up now i felt i've never felt so old then after going for a run and stopping and being like, I don't know, I don't know if I can walk up my driveway. So bad. <laughs> you, I, I got, a, I got a story for you for running. You so, um, the Nike Run Club, that that little app. Yeah, I don't know if you've ever you've oh, heard yeah, of it, yeah. but so I had never heard of it because a, I'm not a runner. You know what I mean? Like most, most people, most guys that play running back or, you know. DB those fast twitch positions we hate running we'll sprint all day we don't really like running so um I'm like I'm in the house all day you know I've I've built like a makeshift weight room um in my little basement area and so but I'm like I need to do something to get out of the house I need like some type of cardio and um I'm like, I don't want to buy a treadmill. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to start just going for jogs or whatnot. So a friend of mine who lives out in L.A., he um, put me in a challenge to, you know, run in April. And so I started the challenge, I want to say, like, April the 20th. And so I'm already, like, out of 14 runners, I was, like, at 14. And, you know, the competitive side of me was like, oh, heck no, this is not, I'm not going to just, you know, be last. So I moved my way up to like maybe 10th. So um, when May came, he started another challenge. Man, Spurlock, in the month of May, we are, uh, what's today's date? The Today's the today's date. 15th of May. 15th. Yep. And the, today is the 15th. Do you know I've already ran 60-plus miles in the month of May because I'm like, nobody is going to beat me in this May challenge. <laughs> no way. 60-plus miles? 
60 plus miles in 15 that I'm talking about it's it's gotten to a point where I'm so competitive with it that on the days that it rains I'm watching it like okay when's there going to be a break when's there going to be a break (laughs) (laughs) I'll go out and run at the end of the night to my wife she's having rub my back with ice (laughs) on my hamstring I'm stretching more than ever but you know it's kind of it's allowed me to just do something to stay active. And I've, I've actually enjoyed it. That's good. So you're getting, I just did the math. That's four plus miles a day. So 60 mm-hmm. miles in 15 days, four plus for a guy who yep. doesn't like to run. Nope. Not at all. <laughs> not, not at the end of this month, I'm done with it though. <laughs> <laughs> I think, yeah, I'm, I'm done with it. But that was, that's, that's been, interesting and it's also been uh it's been funny to see like people who see me out running like text me and you know hey i see you running or people yell at me and all this other kind of stuff and i'm just thinking like well i I hope they have cpr already because sometimes i look like i'm about to pass out (laughs) that's awesome so let's go ahead and wrap it up there. And I just got on Instagram real quick. So if anybody wants more information on the Rob Strong podcast, they can find your Instagram page. So the Rob Strong, just Rob Strong podcast, all one word on Instagram. And then I, mm-hmm. I noticed that you've been shooting out little blurbs when you have new episodes on. So if you're interested in Rob's podcast, make sure you check it out and you can find more information about it on Instagram. If anybody has any questions or comments for us, any content you guys want to hear, make sure you email us at ukstrength at uky.edu. Rob, thanks again for coming on, man. It's a pleasure talking to you.